Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 306, recorded live on Cinco de Mayo, Sunday, May 5th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man who was here last week, Dave Pillay. Hey, hey. The man who was here two weeks ago, Brendan Lapsley. What's up? And the man who was also here two weeks ago, Brian Lindsley. Hey. And the man who's always here, Andy Lowe. Hi. Can't get rid of him. If you did get rid of me, what would happen, Dave? It would all fall apart. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to see that Andy is like the core of the show, certainly on the operational end. Is there any other end? I mean, I... Besides the PAX 10, I've scheduled more guests. Potentially including the PAX 10, I've scheduled more guests. You might have a point on that one. I'll have to think about that. Now he knows how to completely usurp your... Uh, whatever. It's early and I can't talk. Oh, poor baby. I was at Wheeler's until like 12.30 playing Sentinels of the Multiverse last night. Board game? Card game. For me, it depends on what you're actually terming as last night, because last night for my body was not last night where my body was. Ten hours ago. That just sounded weird, Dave. It's what happens when you do international travel. So how's Wisconsin? Well, I I would say just like I left it, but it's significantly warmer. I think I missed spring. So did we. Like, I left and it was, like, snowing. And I'm back and tomorrow it's 85 degrees. Was it, um, was it, what city got the freak snowstorm last Wednesday? Kansas City. Yeah, I thought there was one, I thought like Minneapolis-St. Paul might have. Well, I know there's snow up in the UP, because I think like Ironwood got like a foot last night. Yeah, but it's the UP, that doesn't count. I was going to say, there's always snow in the UP. You just have to look hard for it, but there's always snow in the UP. So yeah, I completely forgot that Dave was already going to be back in Wisconsin. So, surprise, everybody's here. So Andy scheduled another replacement episode. Now it's a big, happy, fun time podcast. That or something related to Voltron. I can't think of another one. We need one more for Voltron, I think. Dibs on the Black Lion. I get the head. That is the Black Lion. I formed the head. (laughs) I remember my parents got me a Voltron action figure when I was younger. Except they only got me one. <laughs> like one of the five G-G. lions? Yeah, it was the yellow one. Isn't so, that like the foot? I th- no, I'm pretty sure yellow... Oh, maybe no, yellow no, was it the was the foot. Was the, is it the foot? It's the foot. So it's blue and... What's the... Blue and yellow are the feet. Red and green are the arms. Black is the head. Yep. I don't know if I ever watched Voltron. Did you watch Power Rangers? Because it's basically the same thing. Yeah, I know I watched that when it like first came out. Oh, oh we were all Rangers. silly like that. Hey, Power Rangers was good. At first. I don't think it's changed. At the time, we were the right age to appreciate it. Yeah, but I still don't think it's changed at all. Wait, are there still Power Rangers going on? Yes. yes. They are terrible. Oh, God. Oh, it was still terrible at first. We just were young enough not to care. Well, maybe yep. they've had enough of a history that they've actually done episodes with all of the Power Rangers series, all mixed together. How? They've got to have, like, 50 of them by now. 
it was crazy like that. There were like 50 Red Rangers. It was like, what the hell? And then the Green Ranger comes in and saves everyone. Didn't green turn into, like, white, white or something? Yes. Yeah, the green one was supposed to be evil. 33 Power Rangers DVD collections have been released in the United States. Holy shit. It's a lot of Power Rangers. Coco Power Ranger. Hey, not allowed to sing on the show. No, you're not allowed to sing on the show. That is a good point. I have a cat yelling at me over here. And we hit the random limit. Oh, cats, the bane of this podcast. The bane of the internet? Not really the bane of the internet, because the internet loves cats. Everybody loves cats. Cats. I can't Topic. figure out a way of segue that at all. You know what else people like? Movies. Who's seen Iron Man 3? Uh, we're all going to go see it as soon as we're done with this podcast. <laughs> yep. Nice. Wait, all at the same theater? Andy, are you in Ann Arbor? No, 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 no. No, we we just discussed we're all waiting until after the podcast, and then we're all going. Brian and I are going at Ann Arbor. Andy's going wherever he goes. Kalamazoo. Okay. Well, enjoy it, because it's a good movie. Yeah, the place was packed yesterday when we went to go see Oblivion. Wow, it's just going to be a full weekend of movies for you. Nothing wrong with that, you know? No. The guy who got a degree that says film on it. No, nothing wrong with it. It's just, I usually don't have weekends that full. Have you seen Oblivion at all, or no? Anybody? No, I nope. want to, but no. I haven't yet. I don't know if I'm going to see that one in theaters. I'm probably going to stick to superhero movies and, like, a couple others, like uh, Hunger Games and Hobbit this year. I mean, Star Trek, Monsters Academy, or University. I might see Star Trek in theaters. I will most likely Epic. not see um, Monsters. Yeah, as much as I love Pixar, I don't think I'm going to see Monsters. I feel like I have to go see it, because I've seen all of the Pixar movies when they first come out in the theaters. Half the time, the DVDs have been out for a year or two before I end up seeing it. I'm just not big on the whole Pixar thing. So I've actually decided I'm going to go see Star Trek in the IMAX theater. Cool. With the 3D? Well, yeah, but the 3D, because he's actually filmed large, I think, 30 minutes of it with IMAX cameras. Hmm. So it's not just upscaled. It actually is IMAX. Yeah. For a part. For 30 minutes of the movie. So So IMAX with lens flare? Lens flare as large as the sun itself. Oh, God, it burns. Is Iron Man worth seeing in IMAX or 3D? It's upconverted, so no. I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it, if you listened to the show last week, we talked about the 3D use in Iron Man 3, and it actually isn't a bad 3D. We both avoided your ending. Yep. Since we hadn't seen Iron Man, as soon as you were like, we're reviewing Iron Man, I turned it off. <laughs> uh, it, okay, so just as a, a very quick non-spoiler recap, the 3D is used effectively. Okay. Yeah. It's not 3D. There's there's only like one or two instances of 3D of throwing something at the audience. Most of it's actually just giving depth. Hmm. Interesting. So something that not is, you know, spoiler filled. What How about talk having about it with movies? Max theater in your own home. If only I had money. And the space. Just the money. I could buy space. If you had the money, you, you could probably buy the space. That's true. So in IMAX private theater, IMAX is starting to sell home systems. So would they all be as big as this picture here? Because, I mean, 
that kind of is a little bit larger than I generally assume for a home system. Well, I mean, so the price of one to two million dollars, you're hosting parties. That's true. Every day. I mean, just from this picture alone, I and I'm seeing probably twenty to thirty seats in there. I would say there's probably another level that we're not seeing. Yeah, I see oh, probably twelve picture, to eighteen. Yeah, the picture only shows you know around twelve or so, but there's got to be at least one more row plus a few like behind or as the rows that are shown continue. So nah, it, it doesn't need to have more than one more row. In fact, even one more row is kind of iffy. Yeah, I'd say there's probably just one more, not more than one. Basically, what IMAX is doing is there's a uh, basically an IMAX screening studio that IMAX has built so people like J.J. Abrams and um, Nolan can actually go and when they film stuff in IMAX, actually see what it looks like in IMAX. So they're basically just taking that idea and putting it in everybody's house. And it looks like they're really planning on supporting it, too. Um, yeah. According to the article, um, they're going to be 365-day maintenance and a five-minute response time. Well, I mean, they kind of can do that because they're not going to have a lot of people, especially right out of the gate getting this so it's not like they're gonna have too many people calling up every day saying hey i need this fixed that's true and if you think about it who's gonna buy it people in southern california who work for hollywood i was gonna say it's all going to be hollywood directors and actors i wouldn't be surprised if there was a few in like the northeast up in uh, new england not many but a few you mean where hollywood actors and directors have their summer homes yep but aren't they still Hollywood directors and actors? And senators and government officials. My guess is if you buy this, IMAX will find a technician who lives nearby you and hire them on a contract basis. Yeah, probably. Yep. That's probably the smart way to go. Oh, look. You live down the street from Liam Neeson. Hey, do you want to help fix his theater when it breaks? I do have to say, though, it's weird actually going to the movie theater on a weekend because we normally go during the week, or we go to movies that don't have a lot of people. So it's interesting to actually go to a movie when there's, you know, more than three people in the theater. Yeah, I usually try to go, like, for matinees on Sunday. So it's not, like, super crowded. Like, I refuse to go to movie theaters on Friday anymore, especially after I worked at a movie theater. Um, So I always try to go for the matinees, preferably Sunday, sometimes Saturday. Wait, Brendan, you worked at a movie theater? Why did I not know this? It was for one summer after – it was the summer between high school and college, so it was only about uh, three minutes. Which one? Uh, Showcase, back when it was Showcase. Oh, it's still Showcase, whatever you call it. It's still Showcase. It's now Rave, isn't it? Or did it move on? No, it's technically called Rave, but everyone still calls it Showcase because it had been Showcase for like 20-something years. But there are kids probably going to it now who nev- had never known that it was called Showcase. Yep. Yeah, I worked there for one summer as one of the ushers, so I have some fun stories about working there. We got free movies. Yep. I think there was one month I had like so many free movies and there was very little going on. I think I took Brian and like, three other people to two consecutive movies and we didn't have to pay for anything. Now, just to point out, this is not... 70 millimeter IMAX in your house. This is the 4K digital IMAX, so the quote unquote LIMAX, just in case anybody was wondering. 
Yeah. You know I what? On a any... screen that small, though, you're not going to know the difference. Yeah, you have a point there. When you're, you know, 10 feet away from the screen, yeah, two but the 4K people's... projectors that close to you, yeah, that's, you're not going to have a lot of, uh, you're going to have a high dots per inch. Yeah, and some of the people who would actually buy this might care, but something tells me most are not. I have a feeling the ones that do care could probably afford to buy the actual stuff if they wanted. So This whole thing is just speculation, though, because they don't actually list any prices. They have a uh, personal... You could ask for a personal invitation to study the personal IMAX. If you gotta ask how much it is, it's too expensive. So, Andy, what I need you to do... Is win the lottery? Well, there is that. I was gonna say, just contact IMAX and, and see about scheduling a thing for them to come out and check out and see what it would cost. Where would he build it? I'm in a 700-square-foot apartment. Where would this go? I don't know. It could be the entire That's apartment. That's not my problem. So, sticking with movies, Netflix just dropped 1,800 movies. Did they already drop them, or no? Yeah, they were supposed to drop on the first, so... Okay, I haven't actually turned on Netflix for a couple of days, so I'm curious if that impacted my queue at all. What uh, license did they lose? Oh, it's pretty much across the board. They had some Warner, some Universal, some MGM. It looks like. Uh, then why did they lose it? The majority of these were Stars, because it looks like their uh, deal with them expired at the end of the year. Well, no, Stars expired at the end of last year. This one was uh, Epics. EPX. Mm. Do you know, was this mostly movies or a lot of TV shows? Looks like half and half. Mm. Yeah, they lost 15 seasons of South Park and a couple of James Bond classics. So, Should be interesting to see what happens, because especially now that Netflix really has the majority of um, people, or probably the majority share of like the digital streaming community. Yeah, because you think about it, everybody's, oh, it's digital streaming, it's Netflix. Mm -hmm. Amazon. Amazon's doing well for itself, but Netflix is doing better. I would say Amazon probably has more strength in the fact that you can rent movies more like Xbox than Netflix. I guess I could see that. Just the Netflix is deeper, um, especially if you do just the digital uh, package. Well, with Netflix, you're not going to get anything that came out recently. No, not at all. I mean, Netflix, I usually use it more for the television streaming than uh, movies. Like, once in a while, I'll watch a movie, but the vast majority is television. Right, and that's not where Amazon Prime excels. Amazon uh, Instant Video is usually just the um, newest movies that you can rent. Gotcha. I don't know, because I, I use Amazon's instant video, and I haven't seen most of the new thing. Okay, so they just got Hunger Games. So Yeah, that's been out on DVD for a little while already. Have you ever bought anything through like the Xbox store? Like, I have not. Because you can rent movies through there as well. And so in my mind, it's very similar to the Amazon Instant Online. You need to have Xbox Gold for that, though, don't you? You need Xbox Gold for anything to do on Xbox. Which is why my Xbox sees very little use. Okay, but Sony has a similar store. Yes, they do. Um, Sony's store, you do not have to have... or 
actually no, you may need the Sony. Uh, was it the, the Sony thing for it? The but Sony I don't Plus. Know. You don't need the Sony Plus. Okay, that's more for like gaming aspect of it. Yeah, it gives you a couple of free games, and it allows you to buy some games at a cheaper, cheaper price. Right, right. I think I had that for like a couple months when it was free after the whole Sony hacking thing. And it was nice while it lasted, just it wasn't really worth it to me to buy it. Understandable. But yeah, as Netflix loses more streaming stuff, it's going to be hard for us cable cutters. Right. Well, you could just reattach the cable. Yeah, I actually did turn on cable here a few months ago. Um, Like, a very basic package, but we actually do have that, and so our Netflix has seen a little less use since we got cable and DVR. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that anytime soon. My only problem with this is the okay, like I've talked about this, is we have Amazon, and there seems to be lots of stuff on Amazon. The only problem is its ability to search and recommend is horrible. Netflix has some of that issue, too. Yeah, but keep in mind, Netflix has probably been able to do a lot more data mining and whatnot, so it's probably a little more accurate. But I well, Netflix has also held those contests for the algorithms. Where, yeah, for the someone to design an algorithm, it was it was like a million dollar prize if you could increase the accuracy by like point one percent, something like hmm. that. Interesting. Ooh, Ghost Protocol was added. I still haven't even seen the third one. The third one was not that great. Yeah, after the second one, I had no interest in seeing the third. Although I heard the third was better than the second one. That's not usually the case. For those of us who don't know. So moving on away from movies, Nintendo actually sent a message to all Wii owners about trying out the Wii U. So Nintendo has handled this incredibly poorly. You think? Like, just... Even naming it the Wii U, you know, Andy and I and and you guys, Brian, Brendan, we're we're pretty involved in the game industry as far as watching what's going on. When they first announced the Wii U, did you understand it was a new console? Yeah, uh, yes, kind of. I personally saw it as the Wii one point five, so I kind of saw it as a new console, but I did kind of see it as you know a Wii upgraded. Because I remember wondering, like, are you just buying the the touchscreen panel? Is this like, does it work with my old Wii? Is this an upgrade? Or uh, like, I didn't know their marketing was terrible. It was, but I figured since it said HD, you weren't going to be doing much off your original Wii. If they had named it the Wii Two, do you think they would have had this problem? No. Mm, maybe. I mean, just the fact that it still has the Wii name on it um, makes it a little iffy. I don't know. Um, people are just a little weird about how Nintendo is naming their stuff, and it, it does get kind of confusing. Nintendo's never named things intuitively, though. You've got the Nintendo Entertainment System, then the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, then the N64, then the GameCube. Like, Yeah, that's true. Hey, the GameCube was descriptive. It was a cube. <laughs> that played games. But think about that. If they had named it 
the Wii 2 instead of the Wii U. Think of all the people who had gotten a Wii. They're like, oh, there's a new Wii out? Yeah, I well, agree. Let's get that one. I fully agree. I do think 2 would have been a much better name than U. Yeah, probably. Now, are you thinking like the numeral 2 or TU or something like that? The numeral 2. So it has two. to be the numeral 2. Yeah, but Nintendo wouldn't do that. When, I mean, besides sequels to video games, when has Nintendo ever done that? Never. I mean, even their handhelds, they try coming up with more inventive stuff, although I would say they've had more success with handheld naming. Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color. Game Boy, Color. Game Boy Advance, Game Boy no, SP. The, the, the SP was in advance, but after that it was, you know, the DS or the 3DS, which were both aptly named because they were descriptive and pretty unique. The dual DSi. DS XL. Those are all just iterations of the DS. Well, so, I mean, the Game Boy Pocket and Game Boy Color were iterations of the Game Boy. Yeah. Right. I mean, to me, that's I, like, just I don't like see saying... Your point. I, to me, that's just like saying, you know... The Super Nintendo DS- was an iteration of the Nintendo. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, that, those were separate systems. I'm thinking more like saying, oh, PS2, PS2 Slim, PS3, PS... Three slim. Oh, where it accepted the same cartridges? Yeah. Pretty much if they played the same games and did not have anything that could go backwards, then it's, you know, un. Yeah. Well, you, you get into troubles when you use going backwards because then the PS2 doesn't count. No, I'm more saying, like, you know. The PS3 was a new system because it had its own games that could not be played on a PS2. Uh, the well, then, 3DS then the color works too because there were color games that you couldn't play on the regular. You couldn't play them on the play regular; them, they just, just wouldn't be in color. Yeah, it didn't display it quite the same way, but it, it was playable. Anyway, so back to the Wii thing. Um, honestly, I think the reason that Nintendo is kind of screwed right now is because there's, I I don't think there's any games that anyone cares about on the Wii U. I'm not sure that's true. There's that new Bayonetta game, and I know that has quite a fan base. Really? I did not even know that one was coming out. All I know is there's been a couple kind of so-so games that Nintendo's brought out, and then a couple cross-platform things that PlayStation and Xbox and even Steam have already had for, you know, a year. Right. There there are a whole bunch of that, but there is a Bayonetta game coming out for just the Wii U. Okay, that may help it some. It's just, it seems to me as they don't have the library for people to care that, you know, hey, yeah, this is a new system. I, I told Dave how I feel about the Wii U before, too, and it's, in my mind, it's basically something to hold Wii users over until the next generation comes out from Sony and, Play- and Nintendo or Sony and Microsoft so that Nintendo can get out their next generation. So you think they're kind of sitting on something until um, the other two systems are out and, you know, things have died down a little bit so they don't have to compete too much? I feel like this isn't the next generation. This is the half generation before it. But. As we know from last week, Nintendo's not really going to be doing a full E3 press conference this year. So that, does that mean they're holding off their next-gen until next year? It may not be a bad idea. 
because everyone is going to be caring about Sony and Microsoft because, you know, they have the systems that people really want. So I mean, if they wait until next year. They're going to be late out of the gate by a while. They're not going to be able to. They're going to wait until things have died down, so it's not a matter of being laid out of the gate. They're going to, they want to try and get it so that, hey, you know, we're doing our own thing. No, like, seriously, they, they can't actually compete in this generation at this point. Yeah, they need to do the Nintendo thing and come up with something new and that people haven't thought of yet. That's, their, that's what they need to do to save themselves. That is true. That's why the Wii was so successful, because it was something completely different. Monty Python. So speaking of gaming, Google actually hired a chief gaming officer. Really? Someone to head up Niantic? No, no. Niantic's something completely different. Yeah, they probably saw Niantic's success and are like, hmm, let's see if we can do this again. His name is Noah Falstein. He's been in the industry since the 1980s. Uh, LucasArts, 3DO, DreamWorks Interactive... So this is an interesting step. I think we're going to have to see exactly what happens with it. Because I mean, if he only recently got hired in, we're, it's probably going to be a little while before we actually see anything. Yep. Oh, he helped I, out on I Secret of Monkey know. Island, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. So he worked with Ron Gilbert and Tim Schafer. Alan Wake. Um. So I don't know if this really implies that Google's going to be designing a game. I think it's more about integrating games into the Android ecosystem. Because they did, didn't they do an uh, update to Google Play about, like, achievements and such at some point? Did they? Not that I've seen. Not that I know of. It would be interesting. Um, I'm not sure how well that would work with the current environment. Yeah, this was, it's, here we go. Yeah, it's, uh, Android features include leaderboards and achievements. So they're trying to make themselves more like Steam or Xbox? Yep. That's what it that's what I think. Well, that'll be interesting, but I think it's going to I think when people realize that it's there, they will enjoy it, but the fact that there's not really a lot of games that are going to support it right out of the gate and people are probably not going to know about it right out of the gate, it'll probably take a little while to get some power going. To be honest, this I'm more excited about with Google Glass, if they do something along those lines. There's a lot of things that Google Glass might be able to do that will be awesome, but it's very much a matter of how are they going to integrate it and how are they really going to get it out there. How are they going to fix the four-hour battery life? Ooh. Yeah, but battery life is something that is always, you know, getting better. True, I just got... uh kate a new ipod for anniversary and um her old ipod could get through maybe a movie and a half before had to be plugged in and charged her new one got through i think two and a change and still was at like 80 percent. andy when i had to switch out my ipod my it could get through a song and a half before it died but at that point the ipod was like six years old now, this one's actually not bad. I was just having an issue with the uh, headphone jack. The only problem is, uh, yeah, trying to get uh, a headphone jack for an old iPod. Good luck with that. They're not the regular headphone jacks? It's uh, built into the hold switch as well. Wow. And there's a different hold switch 
headphone jack combinations for the iPod Classic, depending on how many gigabytes of storage it is. And she has the 30 gigabyte size, which they don't do anymore. So my only options of repair would be doing it myself and then trying to find a used one on eBay. And then who knows, because it's used, how well it would work. Yeah, does Apple still have the thing where if you bring in an old iPod, they'll um, take off like 10 or 15% of your bill? I have no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, because when know. I switched mine out, I brought in like a six or seven-year-old iPod and you know said, all right, I want one of these kind of like middle-tier ones at the time. And you know their policy was if you bring in an old iPod, they'll give you like 10% off a new one. That would have been good to know a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry. I wonder where my old iPod stuff is. Somewhere gathering dust. Same as mine. Probably a- yeah, probably actually some landfill at this point. Oh, mine's probably in the apartment here, somewhere gathering dust. Or cat fur. So speaking of gathering dust, Blackberry. <laughs> Wait, they're still around? Yeah, they're fighting tooth and nail. They always have been. Not only that, Blackberry's CEO has said that um, in five years, I don't think there will be a reason to have a tablet anymore. Bullshit. Well, no, I understand no. his argument. I mean, you know, if everyone's wearing Google Glass, then they don't need tablets anymore. He's absolutely right. Okay, to finish the quote, maybe a big screen in your workplace, but not a tablet as such. Tablets themselves are not a good business model. Oh, so he's talking about in a business environment? Yes, then I would agree. Because tablets are very much a home kind of thing from what I've seen. And it's just, in a business, it's not really the way to go. And really, if you had a phone that was as big as a tablet, which is where some of these brands are going, you don't really need a tablet. Actually, I don't know. Um, in, in my work, I actually do work with tablets a little bit, and I think it works really well. Because um, one of the things that we do is um, for signing up for like the loyalty program – at work is we actually set up a tablet for the whole sign up process. So if you wanted to sign up, they just, you know, bring out a tablet, put in your information, then you're good to go. And I think in something like that, where it's a little more locked down and you don't want a lot of functionality in there, I think it works pretty well. But you're just talking about a kiosk. Yeah, pretty much. It's, are... it, it is a kiosk. Yes. So I think, you know, it's definitely not, you know, proof positive that, you know, what he's saying is wrong. But, you know, there are probably a lot of situations where tablets may still be useful. I do have a point there. The Samsung Galaxy Note 3 has a 6.3-inch screen size. At that point, you're basically already a tablet. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree that, you know, tablets are not, like, the big thing because it's either people want – the larger screens from like a desktop or a good laptop, or they want their phone, which can fit in their pocket. I mean, tablets, you know, are a little more niche. It's a lot more family oriented, like, you know, something to hand your kids to play with, or, you know, if you're sitting on a couch wanting to read or something. I really think you should discount that family oriented thing that you just said. Wait, what? There are lots of families out there, and tablets are extremely good for the the non-techie group of us. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, if he is 
if this guy's talking more of a business environment, yes, he's probably a little more accurate. If he's talking overall, like, you know, families, business, and all that kind of stuff, I think he may be kind of off base. There's actually one business where tablets are actually getting a lot of use, and that's um, repair and maintenance. Oh, yeah. You know, where they have to go on site and everything. Yeah. I uh, follow some of the Mercedes Benz websites because of my Benz. And um, it seems Mercedes is starting to use tablets with their um, repair places. They're testing it out so they would have basically a repairman would have the entire maintenance catalog that he needs just on a tablet that he can carry around with him. Yeah, that's actually um, what my dad got um, when he got his uh, new job recently. They actually gave him an iPhone and an iPad, and they loaded up the iPad with all the manuals and uh, product stuff because he's actually a salesman. So, you know, he's out and about all over the place. And so he had kind of the same thing going on. Yeah, because if you think about it, if you tried to print out that sales catalog, it probably Huge. would be, what, four inches thick? Probably. Not to mention that you need to update it. I've also oh, seen God. tablets used in restaurants as the menu. That's asking for you trouble, can actually though. just like, press what you want. It, well, the, it's not on the table. The waiters are using it. Okay, that might work. I mean, I've seen uh, places like um, there's a new pizza place across from um, the building you used to live in downtown. And... Um, when you walk in, it looks like they have some tablet kiosks set up so you can order your pizza like right as you're walking in. I've always had an idea for a waiterless restaurant. It's probably becoming more and more feasible. Well, it's completely you just got to paint the lines on the floor. So you have some robots that follow them that are like tray robots. Or just have – Just sit down and order food. Just have uh, um, belts that go from – the kitchen to where it needs to go. So go to Japan and study those places? Yeah. Who buses the tables? He said waiterless, not busboyless. Okay, because I just wanted to make sure that people remembered that tables need to be cleaned. Okay, so you build a robot that's basically a giant squeegee. That's asking for a lot of trouble because you're going to have like plates and cups and stuff on there and you can't just kind of wipe that into a bin because you're going to take a lot of damages on uh, like plates and glasses and stuff. That sounds okay, so everything also, is plastic. It also sounds disgusting. Squeegee for everything? Well, no, you squeegee it all into a giant bin, and then later you just kind of spray the thing out and then wipe it down again. Yeah, but then you run into other problems like do you need to have salt and pepper and ketchup sitting on the table? Do you want anything else sitting on the table? There, there's a lot of little things that you got to think about. Yeah, and from watching enough um, Kitchen Nightmares, I have uh, vowed that I will never start a restaurant ever. <laughs> nice. Good call. Yeah. But wait, what about the Internet Cafe? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Is the cafe technically a restaurant? Well, it, it was our meme restaurant. Do you not remember this? I thought it was World of Warcraft related. No, 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 no. It was the place where you had the I can has cheeseburger, the Rick rolls. You should give that as an idea to uh, the so Neon Cat bread. You need to talk to a restaurant in Seattle for like PAX time. That would make them a lot of money. Yeah, it would. There's a couple places in Indiana who actually change their menus to game related stuff around Gen Con. For Gen Con, yeah. 
this was the restaurant that we were going to make in some mythical universe. Just like okay. we have the arcade. Oh, yeah. Good old ZTX. All those hopes and dreams. Just like we were going to so, make that video game, too. So, BlackBerry tablets dead in five years? Um, I, I have more faith in BlackBerry being dead in five years than tablets being dead in five years. See, when you read that, I, I thought you meant BlackBerry tablets will be dead in five years, which may be true. Does BlackBerry <laughs> even have a tablet? Uh, they said, have the Playbook I mean, device. Because I know they finally managed to uh, start making some actual smartphones, which you know they should have done years ago. So, I mean, the one thing to keep in mind, though, is that tablets as we know them right now, like actual tablets, like starting with the iPad, have only been out for three years. So you think someone will come up with something new that makes them obsolete at some point? Yeah, five years, that might actually not be wrong. Just more de- is determined by people's inventiveness and not so much, you know, just disuse. Yeah, not saying that they're not useful, just saying that, like, something else is going to come. I guess I can see that. In this day and age, five years is a long time. That said, though, like iPads being like tablets being gone is a different situation than um, like computers today are kind of being replaced by tablets, but they are still everywhere. I, I see tablets having a long shelf life, even after they're replaced. How long have e-readers been around? Because those kind of showed up a little bit before tablets. Like, they were the early, early tablets. What are you defining as e-readers? I'm talking like the Nook or Kindle kind of things. Because those have been around, they showed up maybe a year before what we think of as tablets, right? Um, About six months or so, yeah. So it's probably someone's going to come up with something and then someone's going to figure out a new use for it. I'm sorry. The original the Kindle came, came out, out in 2007. Yeah, the, the Kindle came out much sooner, but the Nook came out about uh, six months before the iPad. Yep, original Kindle was November of 2007. Okay. So it's been out for six years. Well, we'll see what happens with it. So I personally think that e-readers or um, tablets are going to be around for a little while. They just may look different in five years and be yep. a lot more powerful. Yay, wearable computing. Dave just wants his haptic gloves. I do, too. I mean, you don't? Oh, I do. I'm just not holding my breath for any time soon. I want my entire system that I can plug into. Yeah, I can't know where to go from there. <laughs> well, there are places to go. Places we should not go. So evidently, video games are dangerous. Wait, which one are you looking at now? Oh, Katie Couric's stupid show. Yeah, what the hell is this? And why okay. are more importantly, why are we giving it attention and thereby validating? Okay, so this is what happened. Katie Couric, it seems, has a syndicated daytime talk show, and she did an hour-long show about violence in video games. Oh, no. Yeah, it basically was that, as we're all thinking in our heads, what does mass media think of violence in video games? And, yep, they went there. What games did they... How extreme well, did they make it? They, they brought up two stories, which are true stories, and they're sad stories because of this. The one was uh, Daniel Petrick, who murdered his mother and shot his father after they took away his copy of Halo 3. And Quinn Pittock was uh, a draft pick from the Indianapolis Colts, who gave up his career in the NFL after falling into a bout of depression and compulsive game playing. Those 
are true stories and they happened and they brought those up. And yes, we should look at those as examples of problems. But then they kind of just went, hey, look, they both played video games. Maybe video games are the problem. Wow. Never mind the other couple million of us other gamers that aren't having these issues. Oh, of course not. No, I the only problems that I would say kind of stem from video gaming is maybe some kind of, you know, addiction study. But, and yes, there are violent video games, which are going to attract naturally violent people anyways. Well, Surprise. Just, okay. So one of the things that I was really pissed off at was they brought in a quote-unquote expert, a forensic psychologist, Michael Wellner. I thought which, you were going to say Jack Thompson. I was going to say no, – Thank goodness he was not – who knows. But um, Katie Couric speculated that maybe video games cause a release of dopamine and suggest that maybe more research is needed, which I agree with. Hey, more research is always good. This guy smiled and said, well, sometimes research isn't needed. Seriously? Because research will prove us wrong. Going on to say that the cases speak for themselves. Sometimes research isn't needed. Yes, he literally said that. Can I go get like a doctorate and just, you know, when it's time to present, be like, oh no, research isn't needed. I believe that's when you get your doctorate, and I believe they would say no. Can I just have my doctorate? I don't want to do a thesis, because I don't think research is needed for this. Like, is it just obvious, right? I mean, look at it. So the question I wanted to bring up is, okay, so that is out there. How do we, as level-headed, sane gamers, counteract this sort of stuff? By coming out as gamers. I think... I mean, my first instinct is to ignore it completely. Yeah, but it's but only going to get worse. does that actually fix the problem? I think probably what needs to happen is there needs to be some kind of study on a more broad scale showing, you know, video games are as broad spectrum as, say, movies or something. I mean, even just with the four of us, we all look for kind of different aspects of video games. But still, that's just... It, it seems like we are almost in a vacuum tube of the inner gamer culture. We see these sort of things and we're like, oh, this is completely ridiculous. Don't worry about them. They're crazy. But that's still a majority of America is still – Well, but I don't think that giving it attention and credit is what we need to do. I was saying we need to give it attention but point out that this is crazy. Someone needs but to again, fight that's back. But again, that's validating that it's even there and that it has the potential to be correct. Calling out someone for being wrong gives them the potential to be correct? What? You're confusing me, Dave. Okay. Well, I'm not sure how well I can explain it. I, I think I understand kind of where you're trying to take it. I'm just not sure I agree. Dave's kind of agreeing with um, IGN's editor because he did a long article on this one. If you want to go to IGN.com, you can probably find it. And his thing was saying, hey, we should, you know, not pay attention to these people because the more you pay attention to them, the greater voice you give them. And we shouldn't give them any voice because they're stupid. And yeah, I, that works. I agree with that to a point, except these people already have a voice. They're watched by hundreds of thousands of people. They're watched by all the moms who like to panic and yell loudly. Yeah, but those moms are going to panic and yell loudly anyway. Yeah, it's just, you know... Whether they have this provocation or not. Oh, it's just a matter of what they yell about. 
For example, if you get them yelling about like drugs and stuff, yeah, more power to them. But yelling about video games, uh, it seems like a waste of effort. I think what we should do is try to present the case that these are fringe events that happen very, very rarely. That and the fact that it's almost video games are the what? What would we think was the major issue with that kid? Would we all just basically agree there seemed to be an issue with parenting? With parenting, I think there was in probably some unresolved or undiagnosed anger issues. Saying if he gets something taken away and he snaps like that, I mean, how do we know it was you know? Just the fact that it was Halo 3, what if it could have been, you know, anything else the kid had? Maybe he had a car and that got taken away, and then he snapped. Exactly. Would we blame the automobile industry for that? Yes. No, of course not. Sorry, this was just one of my, it grinds my gears when I see this sort of thing. It grinds all our gears. Yep. Well, I'd say get used to it, because it's going to be a tool that some people use often. Until our generation is in their, like, 50s and 60s, I don't see this going away. True. If you have people who have grown up on video games their entire lives and, you know, are normal and then get put into positions of power, those people can say, hey, wait a second, you guys are all crazy. Exactly. I mean, the people who are, keep speaking up about this, you know, they're the ones that it was, they were probably in the, you know, their 20s or 30s when video games really started to hit. And yes, we could bring up the argument that the same type of argument was going on through comic books and rock and roll and all the stuff in the back. And movies. Oh yeah, and movies. And books. I might argue... You might argue what? I might argue against the fact that books were uh, fought when they were first showing up. Oh, they definitely were. If you look at some of the literature at the time, you'll see that um, providing books to the masses was just as bad. Uh, I guess I can see that. The amusing thing is that this would have been printed literature. Yeah. Print media is bad, says print media. So on a happier note, NASA is having a haiku contest. This sounds hilarious. This sounds like something Andy can get into. So the idea is that um, NASA is sending a, I think it's an orbiter, called MAVEN to study the atmosphere on Mars. And um, they want three haikus to go along with them so that um, they can put haikus on a Mars orbiter and then you'll get a little certificate and all that jazz. What does the haiku have to be about? They don't really say. They just said, hey, we want a haiku. (laughs) Make some haiku. Well, the thing, though, is it's a contest that runs until the end of this month. And then after that, it's voted on by the public. I hope none so of again, mine. it's make some haiku. Oh god, 4chan trolling. Oh god. Do you think 4chan is going to troll NASA? Hell yes. True, they did troll time. I mean, wouldn't you if you were on 4chan? So, um, this is the haiku I submitted. You already submitted one? Already of course he did. One. NASA goes to Mars. And all that I gave them was this lousy haiku. Nice. Good job. <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, Thanks. Pirate Bay. getting they moved. moved to Iceland. Okay. How many countries have they been in in the last year? As many countries right. as they need to be. Yeah, so they moved to Iceland, and then a couple days later, um, Sweden, I guess, filed suit in Iceland saying, well, this guy's a Swedish um, 
citizen. So maybe we can, because he's the one who registered the Iceland Pirate Bay domain. And so they're like, well, he's a Swedish citizen, so therefore he should be under Swedish law. And the Iceland company's like, um, no. No. At what point no, is this guy be. just going to say all this running around is too much of a hassle? Well, he is. I would say that this is like his activism. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And so anyway, so the Swedish co- Swedish companies on behalf of the Swedish MPAA filed suit in Iceland. Basically just said, fuck that. We're moving again. And so they moved to St. Martin, which is out by uh, Puerto Rico. I was on a cruise once that went there. So yeah, it's now literally Pirate Bay of the Caribbean. That's kind of hilarious. Wow. Wow. To be honest, I'm surprised they didn't already pick up all of these domain names earlier. They probably did, because you can just buy the domain name, and it's, it's not illegal to own a domain name. Right. So maybe they actually have these, just like a list of domain names in countries that do not have copyright law. The equivalent of safe houses. Like, oh, shit. That. Time to move. And it's so easy to move. You, you literally file a thing with one IS, one domain name holder telling them, hey, point this domain to this IP address. Boom. Done. Yep. So Pirate Bay is going to be around for a while because this guy's not giving up ever. Well, that and the fact that their entire website can be summed up in 83 megabytes, and that has already been distributed several times. Yeah, because all they are are just links to other like torrents and whatnot, right? Right, which be, pretty much which should be completely legal, but for whatever reason, people are going after. I think they're more going after him because they're not going to filter out things that are copyrighted. But again, it's just a link. If you're able to go after Pirate Bay, you should technically be able to go after Google. Exactly. But who the hell is going to go after Google? I mean, come on. Google will lawyer you into the ground, whereas Pirate Bay cannot. Unfortunately. So, speaking of lawsuits, somebody has filed a lawsuit against aliens, colonels, and marines. Colonial marines? Sure, colonial. It's the game that was so bad, I couldn't even get the name right. I find this highly amusing. I never played it. I have never actually even seen the Aliens movies, but... This whole concept is just hilarious to me. It does go into interesting areas of when does advertising become false advertising? Yeah, the plaintiff claims that Gearbox and Sega falsely advertised aliens by showing demos at trade shows like PAX and E3, which didn't end up being accurate representations of the final product. The demos were advertised as actual gameplay at the time, yet portrayed a level of Graphic fidelity, AI behavior, and entire levels not featured in the game. Oops. Yeah, that's pretty... Uh, I mean, if they get that to fly, that's pretty pointed right there. Now, this isn't a class action lawsuit yet, but he's filed the paperwork to try and make it a class action lawsuit. I just have to make that clarify that statement. So that he's suing them right now, but he's filed the paperwork so that anyone who has bought the game can take part. Yes. Wow. No surprise, Gearbox and Sega, the two people for this game, have um, responded with statements. 
So Gearbox has said that attempting to wring a class action lawsuit out of a demonstration is beyond meritless. We continue to support the game and will defend the rights of entertainers to share their works in progress without fear or frivolous litigation. It does set a, a bad precedence. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of trying to, you know, really bring home to developers, hey, you really need to make a good game and, you know, be really careful what you release. But, you know, if this flies, it's going to start scaring companies a little bit and we're probably going to get less coming out uh, this, in general. Wait, no, it's not targeted to the developers, though. It's targeted to the publishers. Saying if you're going to actually advertise that this is part of the game, it better be part of the game. I guess I can see that. I keep in mind one of the things that I do is I play a lot of Japanese games. So um, the developers being over in Japan, but the publishers being stateside, you know, there's already a lot of things that I that we don't get that I would love to see come over here. And you know, if publishers get more scared, there's going to be less in general that we see because they aren't going to release it. Oh, but they shouldn't be scared. They just can't lie. Yeah, they can't lie, but that's not how they're going to see it. They're going to be a lot more cautious to avoid this in the future. I, it's a fine line to say lie because the, the scenarios that they showed may or may not have been good quote-unquote AI but it could have been completely scripted just for the demo, whereas the actual rest of the game wouldn't have necessarily that finally of a scripted encounter. It's probably one of these things where when they were showing it, whoever was narrating at the time probably did not have all the inf- the all the accurate information, and because of that, it's causing some blowback. Yeah, I mean, for this to be successful, for the lawsuit to be successful, they have to show that there was deliberate intent to mislead. Which I don't think is going to fly. They're going to find enough loopholes or inconsistencies that they're going to be able to get this thrown out. But I think just the fact that the lawsuit came up is probably enough of a call sign or a warning to people here. Do you think, though, that this could be just, uh, if this starts to go through, do you think people could do this with other games that were bad? Like Mass Effect? I'm thinking uh, SimCity. Oh, God, SimCity. Except they advertised that they were going to be shitty. Yeah, and what other games would have had, like, crazy advertisement that was massively wrong? Mass Effect is the only one that comes to mind right off the bat. And that they promised. Was it wrong? In that they promised an ending and didn't quite deliver on the choices that they had worded. Didn't they come out with some DLC to rectify that, though? It really didn't change the end all um, choice. Like, you had one of three choices, regardless of whatever you did previously in the game. It did expand on the lore behind the choices and made you understand a little bit more. But I don't. It's not like they gave you five more options to choose from. Gotcha. And that's what one of the main game's selling point was that everything you do will be affecting the end. In which case, you have three choices regardless of whatever you did. I know there was an FTC uh, complaint filed against Mass Effect Three. 
I don't think anybody actually tried to do a lawsuit against them. Because I imagine the I mean, other than the whole ending snafu, I mean, was gameplay and everything still fine within Mass Effect? Outside of the ending, yes. Yeah, see, the whole thing is the ending was a big to-do, but everything else was fine. Whereas with Aliens, it looks like everything that could go wrong did. I'm not sure about everything. I've seen some of the gameplay, and yes, some of the AI is dirty, but that's not any different than some other shooters out there. The the graphics still work. I mean, you still have the textures populating on the proper polygons. You still have motion working. The glitches would be as many, if not fewer, than the um, Skyrim series. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I have not played these games, so you know, I can't really say much. It's just from what I've seen, it seems like Aliens had a lot going wrong for it other than, you know, just storyline. So, uh, we've probably hit our hour mark, so should we switch to a random review? Sure. Unless there's another topic that somebody wants to make sure we hit before we move on. I'm all set. I'm ready. Okay. Random review. Let's all talk about poker. Yay! Was that Julie in the background going, oh? Um, that's yep. not what she was saying, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, she was saying, fuck. <laughs> She's playing Terraria. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, dear. I have that game, and I've never actually played it. Oh, we should totally you played it with us? It. No, no, I haven't. You've never played Terraria? See, that game got a lot of playtime no. because that came out when we were all living at Bry's, and I didn't have a job, and I think Dave didn't have a job. So, what I'm hearing is that Bry should set up his Terraria server today. Well... Um, how about we all go see Iron Man? Yeah, we're all going to see instead. Iron Man. I think the reason and she's... then Bry should set up his Terraria server. Yeah, I think the reason she's playing is she's looking forward to uh, Starbound. Iron Man three does not take the entire day. No, but then editing this podcast because you know I got shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yes, technically I have two jobs and a summer internship going on right now. Ow. I'm a little busy. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Anyways, poker. Poker, poker night. night two. So I think is Bry the only one out of all of us who does not own this game. And that may be the case, Dave. Do you own it? Yes, I do. Then that is the case. It's five bucks. How come you don't have it yet? I never played the first one, so I figured I'm not going to play the second one. If you pay five bucks, five you get bucks both. comes with both of them. Right, but if I never played it, I don't think I would would play it. It's worth it just for the dialogue. Although, speaking of, okay. I think I like the dialogue in the first game better than the second game. I think the characters in the first game were more interesting. Yes. Um, I think Ash does not belong in the game. When I heard that it was going to be Ash in the game, my thoughts went directly to Bruce Campbell. It's not done by Bruce Campbell? No. No, no it doesn't what? sound like him. Does it even really look like him? Mm, loosely. Yeah. I personally, I think Claptrap and GLaDOS were perfect choices. I think Sam was a good choice that makes sense. Um, I think Brock, you know, okay choice. There may have been other better choices out there, but, you know, it works. I think GLaDOS would have been better as a player. I think so, but I fully understand the decision to make her the dealer. Um. 
I think having Max in the background takes away a little bit because he was in the first game. Either that or yeah. I think having Moxie do more than just stand at the bar and deliver drinks. I mean, I have yet to hear her talk. What's she from? She's a Borderlands. Borderlands. Okay. Now, I know that if you equip the... Because you can get the upgrade cards and the upgrade felt and the upgrade chips. Once you combine all three of those, then it kind of turns into a Borderlands inventory room. So oh. I'm not sure if that maybe she'll do I more. I have not actually I tried I haven't that played that far into it. I've gotten a couple of the different things, but I haven't actually set it all up so all of them com- are the same type. So I don't know. That's very possible. I've got a quick question. Is there anything in the game that would prevent them from including the old characters? Like, is there a story that goes along with this? No. I, the, the no, only thing, just licensing agreements. The extent of the story is in the first game, you go to the room and you play against the guys. And then in this one, it's technically the same person because they have a couple little throwbacks saying, oh, you're here again and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, so you're supposed to be the same guy, but it's just, you know, a week or two later. Gotcha. So there, it's quite possible that the one, the next one could have recurring characters from the past. Well, even this one did because yep. the, um, the host of the inventory was there again. Um, Max from Sam and Max was there again. There's actually a picture of uh, everyone from the first game sitting around the table. Yeah, it, it really just comes down to licensing agreements. Yeah, it really does. And gotcha. so, I mean, since it's Telltale, they can you know throw Sam and Max in whenever the hell they want. Uh, but you know, getting Strong Bad or the Heavy or Tycho, you know, maybe a little harder. So I I do have to say I like everybody. I didn't really connect with these characters this time. Granted, because um, I have not played any of these games. So. Yeah, I mean, I have played. Uh, I, I know who all of these characters are because I have played Sam and Max. I have played Borderlands. I've watched a little bit of Venture Brothers, and I've seen Army of Darkness. So I get kind of the background from all of them. Uh, oh, and I've obviously played Portal. Uh, but even so, I think Claptrap was a fantastic choice. I think you know having some background with him, I think it's a great idea. But you know some of the others, I do agree, I did not really connect as well. Uh, I think they had a slightly harder time getting good dialogue and good interactions between them. Yeah, does anybody have his... I've already hit some of the repeated dialogue. Uh, you're going to repeat... After you play a while, I, you will see a lot of new stuff as you go. I've probably played about 10 tournaments now, and I'm still seeing new dialogue, but I'm seeing a decent amount of repeat. It seems Which like I, there was more dialogue in the first. Yeah, yeah, it seems so also. But the, also, I love the option in the first one where you could actually shut them up if you wanted to. Why would you? can you? on this one, can't you? Mm, I think it's either completely off or on. There's not that um, dial like in the first one. I, I swear there is. I haven't seen the dial on the second one. I've booted up right now, but I'm in the middle of recording. But I don't think there is any way of changing the amount of dialogue that I, no, I I know there's a thing where you can turn it off completely but I don't think there's like a you know little medium high kind of thing that was in the first is there also not a difficulty level I don't think so um, I am I did kind of notice that this one is harder than the first one I don't know if anyone else has seen that 
Nope. It's harder than the first one because these guys are playing wild and loose. A little bit. Um, yeah, I think in some so they cases. they play more like me? Yes. yes. Yes, they play like Brian, which playing against Brian is a challenge because it's unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Like, you really just don't know if he's bluffing or if he actually has an amazing hand because he plays the same way. Yeah, I think they do have a little bit of a pattern to it. Um, I think it's harder to figure out because they are a little less consistent than the first game. But I think so. If you came to this to and wanted to play poker. You're going to have a bad time. Honestly, I think if you just wanted to play poker, I would say play the first one. Yeah, play the first one on the higher difficulty levels so the players will actually play like, you know, actual poker players. I still kind of get my ass kicked. I'm really bad at poker. See, for me, the first one, I can win three out of four tournaments. In the new one, I'm winning like one out of five. I don't read the players well enough. It's more you. I mean, I'm not great greatest at reading them, but um, I understand the different play styles they have, and I I'm still trying to pick it up on the new one. But uh, the first one, I got pretty good at it. So it's something as an outsider that if I were to want to play this kind of game, I would want to do the first one, and then if I wanted just a little bit extra, I would play the second one, but the first one is where it's at. Kind of. There are a lot of things in the second that I do like the direction they took. First off, in the second one, they included uh, Omaha as well as Texas Hold'em, so they have a whole new mode of poker. Uh, I have not actually tried Omaha yet, but the fact that they have it you know, is good. And for the extras... I do like what they did. Um, So one of the things that you can get in the Poker Night series is you can uh, get bonus items from the other players. Like once in a while, they will put in, you know, their money plus an item. And if you win said item, it's an achievement. Plus you get bonus uh, items in like Team Fortress or in the second one, you get some stuff for Borderlands 2. In the first one, it was completely random. Like you just had to get lucky for someone to bid something. Whereas in the second one, you actually have to earn the chance to play for it, which I think was a good decision. Gives you a little more control over it. Right. And it actually gives you goals when in the normal tournaments, like you actually are trying to do specific things. Also, the whole concept of drinks I find amusing. I haven't actually used the drinks yet. Are they power-ups? They um, allow you... They, they basically make the tells more apparent with the other players. <laughs> At least that's what they're supposed to do. I haven't tried them out yet because you have to use the tokens that you win, and I'm out of tokens. Yeah, I bought, like... Uh, I think I bought Ash and Brock drinks once, and I didn't really notice too, too much. Oh, I'm just imagining Claptrack drunk. Oh, wait, no, I bought one for him, too. He uses his CD drive as a cup holder. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's a sippy cup. So, I mean, there are some things that I do like what they did with the second game, um, but there are a few things that I think the first game did better. Well, maybe we'll have to wait for game three, where they include everybody. 
we'll see. Yeah, I think the deciding factor on if they make a game three will be if they can get the right characters, because I'm willing to bet that's what a lot of the blowback has been from the second game, is people don't like the character combos as much. So if we had our choice, what characters would we want to add to Poker Night? Ooh. Doc Brown. I'd like to see Gabe. If, if a, Since there's going to be a Telltale character, like from a Telltale game, I'd love to see Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Not uh, Guy Brush Threepwood? From what? Secrets uh, of Monkey Island. Island. Mm, I haven't played those. I really should. Yes, Think yes, of all should. the swashbuckling insults that could be thrown. Yeah, back Indiana games. Jones! Is there a Telltale Indiana Jones? Nope. Isn't, oh no, that's Lucasfilm. I'm sorry. But still, Indiana Jones would be a good character. Possibly. Valve needs someone. Yeah, they've already done Portal. They've already done Team Fortress. You can't do Well, they could do Alex. Ooh, Alex would be good. I was going to say, you should get Gordon Freeman and Shell on there. Yeah, that that's not going to work. It'll be a nice, quiet game. So Alex from what? Half-Life. Oh, okay. Again, another game I haven't played. I suppose you could also get like any of the eight people from the Left 4 Dead series. Do they actually have their own like characterization and backstory and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You might be thinking so, of the... Um... Never mind. Yeah, so you get Alex Vance, Gabe... Uh, Guybrush Threepwood. One more. Be hilarious if they made a deal with um, Rocksteady and got one of the Batman characters. See, like the Joker. Seeing the Joker play Poker Night would be hilarious. Voiced by Mark Hamill. That would be awesome. What about the main character from Adventure Time? Never seen it. Never seen it. You know, instead of Gabe, I would almost want to see Divix. That would be awesome. I was thinking that too. That would be awesome. I was was thinking Div, but I'm not sure that they'd want to put Div in there. Yeah, you'd have to tone down Div a lot. Merch. All I have to say is you need a a robot, so... You don't need a robot. Wasn't there a robot in the first one, too? No. There was Strong Bad, the Heavy... Heavy Weapons Guy. uh, Max, and... Tycho. Gotcha. All right. Random topic. All right. I rolled ahead of time. What would it take to get you on a space shuttle traveling to Mars with no return plans? Everyone else to be going as well. Yeah. Like the entire human population? Like a mass exodus from Earth. I don't know if it would take quite that much for me. Um, At least friends and family would need to be going. Enough supplies to live. And Kate walks into the room. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. Well, she's waiting to hear what my response is to this question. I don't know. I think there because she wants to know what she has to do to send you off. I think there would need to be like very good advances in like science and technology. Otherwise, people would get very bored very quickly. I'm not sure about the boredom aspect. If you brought enough people over, you guys could all make video games, for example. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be worried about bored. I think for me it would have to be like, the Earth is unusable. So, be gone. So Bri's along the same lines as I am? Maybe not as dire as you are, but um, definitely if Mars was very habitable and everybody was going anyways. Basically, so you guys, the alternative to... was death. No, I mean, if 
if Mars was really, really nice and Earth really, really sucked, I think I would think of moving to Mars. So you wouldn't want to be part of, like, the first or second group of settlers to go out there? No, probably not. I can't imagine how difficult that would be. I personally would not want to be, you know, within the first couple of groups, but, you know, if everything was already established, then maybe. I, I'm definitely not as hesitant as the two of you seem to be. Andy? So, Brendan's an explorer. You guys are in dire situations, and then there's me. And what would it take for you? Um, if Kate would come along with me. That's it. Aww. Well, that and also, I don't know how I would... Sur- I haven't really been in a situation where it's a survival situation, so I don't know how well I would handle that sort of thing. See, I prefer not to get myself into survival situations, if I can avoid. I don't know. Survival situations are quite a challenge. It's it's basically the ultimate challenge, but I'm not sure if I would like that sort of challenge. Yeah, even when I was in Boy Scouts, I did not actively seek out those kind of things like the hiking for overnight kind of thing. Right, you just sat by the fire. Or at least that's what I did. I did a little bit more than you, but, you know, not too much more. Yeah, Brendan, did you go to Philmont nope. or no? I actively just said, no, I do not want to go to Philmont, even on some of the summer camp things where, um, like one year when we went to New York the in the Adirondacks, um, a lot of the older guys, and actually I was one of the older guys at that point, uh, a lot of them went on an overnight hiking trip out to one of the islands, and I decided not to go because, you know, that was not really my kind of thing. Actually, side note, since I made that decision, I got to see bears come into the campsite, which was interesting. Oh, the bears! Waking the up bears. to somebody singing Disco Inferno, it was brilliant. Wait, were you there that year? Yes, because we played Mech Warriors that night. Yeah, I was in the tent right next to where the bear was standing when everyone was trying to make noise to scare him off. Duh, bears. Yeah, the picnic table where everybody had left the trash was next to my tent. So, yeah, that was interesting. Anyways, so survival situations, not really my kind of thing. Um, But, you know, if everything is decently established, I would be okay. I guess I've just seen enough space horror movies to know to be a little cautious. I also want to leave Earth unless I have to. Yeah, it has quite a lot of abundant (laughs) necessary things for us to survive. I'm I'm pretty happy here. So Dave would need another Earth. No, I just need that this Earth wouldn't be here. Side note, when Kate hears my comments completely out of context, throws her for a loop. Yeah, Julie keeps asking me, what's going on? What are you talking about? Yeah, Beth doesn't care if she's reading the book. Is it the book club book? Probably not. We've already read the book club book. Yeah, I need to pick up the book club book for this month and read it. Same here. There are two copies at the library that I have to go grab. So it sounds like we're done talking about the random topic then. Yeah, probably. I think think we've all given our input. Sounds like I'm the most explorative, or Andy, and definitely not Dave or Bry. Dave and Bry are two Definitely not. Well... I guess that's the episode with four people. Yeah, we haven't had a four-person episode in a while. Long time. One of the patch ones, or uh, did you actually have two people from a video game company ever? Yeah, we yeah, had a couple had of those. couple joint. Not for a while, though. Well, enjoy editing that down, Andy. Yep. Have a good time, Andy. And then have fun at Iron Man 3, everyone. Yep. We'll do it. All right, that's a wrap.
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.